Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 329th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Hicks. And today, we're asking Jeff Hamilton the five questions. So, welcome back to the show, Jeff. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, good. I didn't call you John this time, so we're, hey, we're doing good. Still don't know where that John Hamilton came from. Uh, maybe I knew somebody back in the day. But anyway, let's get started. So, um, how did you get into woodworking? Well, back in the day, my grandfather, Hubert Ross, um, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me, uh, we kind of thought he was a cobbler. You know, the older I get, I kind of think that too. But uh, And as a cobbler, I mean, he kind of, he was able to uh, throw things together and just make it work. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated with that. And uh, still to this day, I am. But uh, he was kind of my launching point into the woodworking and of course then i got into high school and that's all i really other than the typical stuff uh Mm -hmm. that's all i wanted to do in high school i didn't care about math and science i I just cared about shop class and um i had a really good instructor and and uh that's kind of that's kind of how i got into woodworking and um you know it was um i i actually had to fix one of the um projects for my mother uh, over the Christmas holidays. It was a bread box that I made back in high school. And uh, the it was a roll top bread box and it wouldn't oh, open cool. and close anymore. Like and one of those, um, uh, what, what do they call it? Tamor lids type thing? Tam- yeah. Tambor. Tambor, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it just took a little wax and the thing was sliding like new money, right? And so, yeah. but man, did it bring back memories of the, of, uh, shop class and putting that thing together and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into, uh, into woodworking. Uh, do you, do you have any of your grandfather's tools or I do have a draw knife. It's that, um, I actually had Greg sharpen for me. Okay. And, uh, you know, that I, I can remember making sledgehammer handles, uh, hammer handles, all kinds of stuff with that old draw knife. And, uh, uh, I cherish that it's, it's uh, it's probably not a real high grade tool. It's really thin. It's been ground down so many times, <laughs> but it's now trued up and ready. I mean, yeah, uh, I love it because it it it's not a wide blade like some of the newer uh, draw knives, and it just it does things that a big knife won't do. That's what yeah. I was going to say. It's really good for that tight corner and those yes. uh, Windsor chair seats. <laughs> that's you know that's the that's the one thing I want to try is that that one hook that, yes yes to see how that thing works and um, yeah that's just some of the tools that you know that and some old hammers and stuff like that that I got from him uh, but my grandfather was really big into getting me into woodworking and my my parents even did uh, they were more into the crafty. Um, you're probably familiar with the War Eagle craft uh-huh. show, Mark. Yeah. You know what I'm Never talking there, about. I've heard. That that's the kind of stuff. That's kind of woodworking my parents did, and uh, I I just knew there was something a little bit more out there than that I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. uh, I think my grandfather was more 
into that as well. So that leads me to uh, the next question, which is, what's your favorite tool? What's my favorite tool? Uh, right you now, can't my... say Surface Grinder. No, <laughs> you don't no. have it. So. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, guys. I lucked into a. Sometimes on eBay, you can find things that are that are really nice. Um, I lucked onto a full set of Stanley Everlasting chisels. Oh yes. Oh okay. yeah, those are nice. And, yeah. and I'm talking everything from an eighth inch to two inch. Wow. And so I got it, and I got it for a really good deal, three hundred fifty bucks. And so, and in my opinion, that was a good deal. And uh-huh. uh, in in my tool making, I have I do a lot of chisel work, and most of it's pairing. But I've I've had tools from numerous manufacturers, and most of them are all A2 tool steel. And in this just pairing motion, I would just tear these chisels up. I mean, just literally just break them like crazy. And uh, man, I grab these these hundred year old everlasting tools, put an edge on them and flatten the backs. And they're, they're awesome. They're the right length. They're everything. I just, I just love these tools. And, uh, um, they've been, they've just been a lifesaver for me as far as making tools. Cool. And I highly recommend them if you can get a hold of some. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a <laughs> that's, key part. That's a deal. Uh, that's one of the things I miss about like, uh, handworks. What's that guy that deals in all the used tools, Mark, you know? Oh, superior tool works. Yeah. I mean, when he shows up, he's just got, he's just got boxes. Yeah. Of these Tables things. of chisels. Yeah. 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 And, uh, man, I can't wait, uh, cause my three quarter inch chisels pitted. And I think it was, uh, there was a certain run of those things that was like that. And I, I want a nice clean three quarter inch to fill my set out because the three quarter inch I have is like I said, it's pitted and I'd really like to have one that's clean. And, uh, are you, are you familiar with Dowd's tools? He's out of uh, Dallas in Texas. Yeah, I am not. Oh, he's, he's got some good stuff at good prices. Man, uh, I'll have to check him out. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, D O W D S tools.com. But, um, yeah, he's great. Um, I've, picked up a number of things from him and um yeah i think he has like semi-annual sales where you can go to his place and he has everything for sale but if you give him a call if you're in the area you can stop by and just tell him what you're looking for and he's just got all kinds of stuff i don't know where he comes up with it because you know in our area well the texas area we're not known for a lot of vintage tools but he has a lot of vintage tools (laughs) what's that's kind of the deal around my area. This was yeah. such an agrarian area. Yeah. It's um, like a wasteland for Yeah, exactly, there, there exactly. Is nothing here. Yeah. And if you go to a if you go to a flea market or something to look for old hand planes or something, it's always the 1960s junk, you know, or Right. Something. Right. You can't you can't find anything that's really uh, a nice older tool. And I told uh, I told my wife, I said when we travel I won't go to a craft or to a uh, an antique store that's south of I eighty <laughs> to look for hand tools. Like hey, man. south of I eighty, there's no point. It's just that's yeah. true. You go east, and that's a different story. But where we are, if you're in the Midwest, you just wait till you get north of I eighty, and then you can start shopping. Yeah, that's very but, true. Yeah, but I'd recommend him. I don't know how far uh, Dallas is from from you, but uh, yeah, it's if about you're ever- five hours. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but the state line or 
<laughs> Texas is, is, is a big state. <laughs> yes. It yeah, takes but, about five hours to get to Dallas and that's where he's at. Yeah. But if Somewhere you're ever in the neighborhood, I, I would definitely uh, check him out. Cause he, he has, and, and what I was impressed, not only the quality of what he has, but actually the pricing, it was not, uh, it was very reasonable. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, you know, but with that said, so who has influenced you the most in your woodworking? Oh man. Um, I'm going to say as far as woodworking, um, I, I don't have an influence as much as my grandfather, but as tool making, it would be Dave Jeske. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has influenced my tool making more than anybody else. And, uh, as far as high quality tool making, uh, I I'd have to give him a lot of credit. Okay. Um, so what was, what's your biggest, what has been your biggest stumbling block and you can't say tool making. Biggest stumbling block, uh, not tool we making. You don't need to hear the what the tale of woe of the tool maker. Oh God, um, you put a lot of limits on me there, Mark. <laughs> well, so your tool making is woodworking. So, what has been your biggest stumbling block in your tool making? Biggest is acquiring acquiring um, parts to go with my tools. Uh, that that was the hardest thing. By far. So, uh, like, for example? Uh, a knob. A, a simple brass knob. Uh, uh, that, yeah. That you would think that you could just go to your local hardware store and buy. Um, you can't do. And, and so you approach a, a local machine shop to make this knob for you. And he will do that. But you got to get an eight-hour day worth of manufacturing out of him. And then you find out that he makes a thousand knobs per hour. Oh, wow. And, and yeah. so then you're like, well, I can't afford 8,000 knobs. And so that's, that has been to me the most detrimental part of the, of tool making as, as a beginning tool maker, uh, finding someone that will actually work with you, you know, make the amount of tools that you can afford. Cause when you're starting out, Unless you want to take big note, you know, loans or something, you can't afford a lot. And mm-hmm. so I was looking for someone that would make a, you know, like a minimum of 500 tools. And, uh, and so to get someone that would only make 500 blades or 500 knobs, that was really, that was really hard to find. And luckily I was able to do that, but that's, uh, I think that holds back a lot of tool makers because you run into these situations where you just need this simple part made and, but every tool or machine shop you contact has a minimum of an eight hour product run and you just can't afford that. It's just, it's just overwhelming if you will. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's going to be interesting um, over the next few years as some of these more, automated systems come online that are dealing with, you know, actual steel and stuff that we can use for, for this type of stuff. Like I'm talking about some of the, um, um, I, I guess for lack of better term, some of the metal, um, uh, printers that they have out there and stuff of that nature. And I'm sure those are going to continue to get better and better as yeah, we go uh, forward. Yeah. Some of the 3d printing stuff that yeah. I've seen that that's just phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. as like far as prototyping, prototyping yeah, I can't I, imagine 
having yeah. that at my disposal. That would have been awesome. Right. I think there's a couple of printers out there that actually do some tools still now. Um, that, that's yeah. impressive. That's I'm impressive. not sure exactly what the quality is, but, you know, I'm sure in, you know, another five, ten years from now, hey, you know, it's probably going to be as good as they do doing plastic these days. Guys, or I hate composite. to admit it, you know, but, you know, Star Trek back in the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, the replicator, kinda, yeah. <laughs> you can kind of track our yeah. where we're at by the Star Trek e episodes. Yeah. You know, they had the ep the iPad, the yeah. tricorder thing, whatever you want to call it. That's like our iPhone or whatever. Yeah, we already got this. Yeah, we got well, this. Our yeah. are way past the tricorder at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so who's to say you're not going to be able to go over to the damn replicator and say, hey, I need a Hamilton marking gauge. And out it comes. And yeah. it's like, you know, made better than what the original manufacturer made. Well, so, so who do you, where do you go to pay the licensing fee on that? Yeah, yeah they're not going to see money's nothing in those days. Oh, that's yeah. right. Every, everybody gets anything they wanted. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's like, it's like now, you know, you're going to get a new $2,000 check. So. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. the The problem is, is they're gonna want the marking gauge. They'll just go and say, "Hey, I want this. Uh, this want particular. The door. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the Windsor chair. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Who cares about how it was made? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just want the chair. Cater uh, is the tool. You don't need to make tools when you can just make the thing. Thing. Yeah. But you know, guys, I think honestly, that's what you find is. It's, I know a lot of my customers are professionals. And I don't mean professional woodworkers. I mean, yeah. they're doctors, they're lawyers. Right. Uh, they're people looking for a release from mm -hmm. what they do on a daily basis. And um, I think well, we see that a lot. Yeah. And, and I think we joke around about the, the big replicator. But yeah, when you get into that kind of world where, you know, you can just, you know, wish whatever you want. Well, guess what? Something that's handmade. Boy, the price on that going to be exquisite yes it is i yeah. agree well i mean yeah. we we have the replicator now it's called amazon one click <laughs> shopping i mean it, right. that's that's it's it doesn't happen instantaneously but it's pretty darn close so yeah it uh, only takes two days yeah i mean that's that's hard to complain about <laughs> so you know we may be there already you know and, yeah. that, and that's something that i have found in in tool making is uh, most people don't realize that my tools are one at a time. I'm one man shop and they're, uh, I don't get your order and ship it at, in the exact same minute like mm -hmm. Amazon. And that's, that's hard in this day and time. That's hard to, that's hard to get across to people. Yeah. But, but fortunately, um, and I think it's a lot of, um, uh, like, if you were to order a panel gauge today, within 30 minutes of you ordering that gauge, I'm probably going to call you and let you know where I'm at on it. Mm -hmm. And that just blows people's mind because they're so used to that. Uh, they go to Amazon and they order their uh, box of batteries or whatever they're getting. And they, there's no communication. It just shows up on their front porch. And uh, so when you when you reach out to people like that, they're almost shocked because they're so used to getting uh, whatever the chicks, yeah. Veronica message. Yeah. You know, Veronica's wanting to sell you more um, 
uh, warranty on your vehicle or whatever. Yeah. And then you got this guy calling you about your order. It just blows people's minds. And uh, we, we've lost a lot of that customer service issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure Mark does the same thing on his, on his workbenches. If someone's wanting that kind of detailed uh, correspondence with the status of their tool, um, I just think it's kind of expected on mine, and I provide that. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just, do the can same I, can thing. We just call. Can I just call you and we can talk about this on the phone? It's so it's so much easier than <laughs> man. Exchanging emails. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. a lot of times I get my emails while I'm at my day job, right? And so yeah. all I have is my i or my my phone, and while I can send emails out on it. Um, I make mistakes on my phone and it's like, you know how autocorrect is. Yeah. It, <laughs> the next thing you know, you've sent something that doesn't make any sense at all. And it's like, God, that would have been a whole lot better if I'd have just called them. And, uh, I mean, I'll even call people overseas and that really blows people's minds. <laughs> but, uh, uh, especially when you got to wait and call the people in Australia at the right time of day. But, uh, that's, uh, that's just the way, that's just the way I do things. So, yeah. Uh, what does autocorrect do with Coco Bolo? Oh God. <laughs> I can't remember, but it's, it's really bad. I'm sure that see, like that, that Coco Bolo thing and, uh, all your exotics that you can't ship anywhere. That just, that just really complicates everything. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, you can't it's, ship it's any really of that stuff bad. outside the States. Yeah. Oh, there's your stumbling block, Jeff, right there. That yeah. is definitely my stumbling block. Eighties too. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to have not brought that up. <laughs> like our, our brothers up north, it's just right there. You're not right. going across the ocean or anything. It's why can't I ship a tool made of African blackwood to a customer in, in Canada? And mm-hmm. it just it it just blows my mind. But um, you know, I try my best to adhere to the rules that are thrown out there in front of me. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes people don't read. You know, the bottom of my web page it says, "Hey, I right. can't ship this outside the United States." And so when I have to pick up the phone and call them and tell them that, "Hey, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Um, I can offer you these other options." That's I, I have found that that phone call worked a whole lot better than that email mm-hmm. because it added that personal side to it. And, uh, you know, it was it was easier to deal with the situation. Yeah. yeah. And especially when you're dealing with someone like that, because not only do you have to tell them that, hey, bad news, I can't ship this to you. But, hey, here are your options. Exactly. And, and so exchanging 20 emails to go through the options, it's easier to just it's, man, go it's through not- the discussion. Yeah. And I had that back when I was in the real world. I had that problem all the time with some of my staff. I go, sometimes it's easier to pick up the phone than send an email. Hey, I, that's the deal yeah. with most. Uh, yeah. Most there's no communication anymore. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so much can be fixed with a simple pickup of a phone. And yeah. it, it amazes me how terrified some people are of it. And uh, like I talked to my son, which is he's 21 years old, but he lives in a different world than I do. And uh-huh. yeah, I, you know, sometimes I have a hard time understanding it. But he would never pick up a phone and call somebody. Well, mm-hmm. I can text them. Why would I call them? 
you know, um, that just blows my mind. Yeah. And I just, the way it is sometimes. And yeah, I, I agree. We'll work through it eventually, but, uh, <laughs> We'll see. But with that, um, so let, let's uh, let's be positive. So how has the internet influenced your work? <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's just go back to the Instagram days when I yeah. first started in that. Uh, Mark talked me into getting into this. And uh, I just opened my big mouth on Instagram one time and said, hey, <laughs> I tell you what. Yeah, I, if I can sell 50 marking gauges, I'll buy one of your benches. But let me tell you. You ought to ask what the price is before you open your mouth. And so um, that was my first kind of leap into the internet world or Instagram, mm. if you will. Um, fortunately, all we did really was a, like a, a free shipping sale or whatever. Mm. And uh, I think by the time we turned that thing off, we'd sold like 150 marking gauges or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. But. Here's the deal, guys. You don't understand. It's I had to make those things. Yes. And and so. But I had to and, make the bench. And so yeah, you had to make the bench, but <laughs> you didn't have to deliver it until the next hand works. And oh, that's true. and so here's the deal. It was during Christmas. It was during <laughs> that time. And so I was blown completely out of water already. And I opened my big mouth. And Instagram is powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a uh, uh, it is a very good marketing device. Uh, you can send out a picture of a beautiful tool, and the next thing you know, you've got fifty orders for that tool, and uh, and it's in a flash. And so you got to be really careful. And uh, that's like something I've really done with my business is since I do have a day job, right? I've always kept a really iron fist on on my business because I'm one, I'm one good magazine article or blog mention or something from being wiped out episode. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, guys, I mean, you got to look at it is uh, I could wake up tomorrow and have 200 orders and I wouldn't know what to do. And so um, this, it's a very fine line that you got to walk doing this stuff and mm-hmm. uh, Jeff, because they'll it, wait they'll wait it's yeah. good product they understand it's made by you know, one person i mean it's yeah i mean look of, at I found uh, a the a lot of the stress that we we put ourselves in as it's self-induced self it's self-imposed it's self-induced yeah, yeah. It, every bit of it is and and that's one thing i found in the woodworking community is uh and especially we've talked about the phone thing if you pick up the phone and call someone, yeah, I probably end up having to leave a message because everyone's so used to getting telemarketers and so on and so forth. Right. But when you when you call someone and you leave that message and you tell them, "Hey, I, I thank you for your order. I'm looking at two weeks, three weeks minimum before I can ship it." Um, there was that personal connection, and it, man, it's amazing how much it helps. Um, People, uh, people are a lot more understanding when you do that than uh, you don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, it shows up six weeks later. That yeah. that really kind of makes people mad in most cases. But if you yeah. reach out to them and say, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. 
and this is when I'll possibly ship it. Man, there's so much more understanding, mm-hmm. and uh, that really works. Yeah, that's what yeah, I, I found in my in my business anyway. Yeah, I One do that things- anytime that that there's a lead. But I mean, you know, you got some some tool makers out there. Um, you know, the one that comes to mind um, is um, Travishers with Claire Minihan. And, you know, I think she's operating on like a 12 to 18 month lag time, you know. Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, uh, people will wait. But like you said, it's all about the communication, letting them know, think, hey, this, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. I think that. Uh, and like I said, it it it's it's amazing that when you actually do reach out and call somebody, the reaction mm-hmm. that you're actually taking time to call them and let them know it, it's, it's amazing because it, it's just customer service. We're not used to in these days and times. Well, one of, one of the things I've started doing and it's easy for me because a six month lead time is a six customer lead time uh, is I, I shoot a little video and I, I put it on a private listing on in, on uh, youtube okay and i send my customer a link like hey this is what i'm doing right now this is where your order is and like they get to see the shop they get to see what's happening it it's a huge deal for them they they really love it so i i, I can agree with that i think yeah. that that's a huge plus i haven't i haven't ever added a picture or anything like that um what i have found is sometimes like I'm really careful about sending out pictures on tools until it's in the customer's hands because maybe they wanted to share that on Instagram or, you know, such as that. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I'm really careful about that. And, uh, uh, I did get called out on that once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Learn my lesson. Yeah. So you, you, I mean, we kind of learn from experience, right. But, um, I, I have, I just kind of take that stuff and, and, and run with it. Um, yeah, by the way, when we post this episode, I'll probably grab a picture of one of your marking gauges and put it out there on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good idea. <laughs> well, so with that, so, uh, why don't we see where folks can find us? So, uh, Jeff, where can folks find you on the interwebs? At, uh, hamiltontools.com. Or uh, GageMaker1 on Instagram. Or they can reach me on email at jeff at hamiltontools.com. Fantastic. And Mark, what about yourself? I am at plate11.com. Or I am on Instagram at markbuildsit. And uh, and I'm on YouTube at plate11woodworking. And uh, Sean's not here, but he's uh, pretty much everywhere at seanw78. Wow. Yes, he is. And you can always find me at Barton.com on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.